0: You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about morning, afternoon, and evening routines, both the ideal and the reality. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I just went back for the first time in more than a year to in person yoga. Now mm-hmm. that I am fully vaccinated, and this is a studio mm-hmm. that is very careful about other people being vaccinated and cleaning, and things like that. It was bizarre, yet totally normal feeling. I feel like this is how lots of things post-vaccination have gone, that I'm like, wow, this is super strange that I'm Mm -hmm. going to do this thing. And then you do it, and it feels pretty normal, except that you haven't done Mm -hmm. it for more than a year. It was really lovely, and I hope to go again. But also hope that Things start to feel maybe a little less weird when I do mm-hmm. them again after a while. Yeah. It will only become more normal. At least that is the hope. I'm going back to the gym this next week, mm-hmm. once I will have been two weeks for my last vaccination, and I've mm-hmm. been thinking a lot of those same thoughts of, I'm so excited to do this, but also it's going to be weird. Yeah. I can't even really explain it. Just strange. That describes so much of this last year. Yep. <laughs> What's new with you, Sarah? I made the decision to apply to library school. Yay! This is something I have been thinking about for at least the last year, maybe since mm-hmm. I started working at the library as, hmm, is this something that I want in my future? And wanting to get some work experience and get a feel for what the options are. Found out the application for the fall was due June 1st and then just decided to apply. (laughs) I (laughs) talked to a couple people at the library about this that had some experience with the local schools and I decided to go with an online program that I think will be good for public librarianship and good for being flexible with my schedule Mm -hmm. with parenting and working and making that all fit together relatively seamlessly. Can those things ever be all seamless? But that is the hope. We can hope, yeah. So we will see. Hopefully, I will be accepted and we'll be starting classes in August. I love it. Yeah, it'll be fun to be going back to school together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Indeed. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest read? I want to share about two books by Vari McFarlane. Mm -hmm. These are Don't You Forget About Me and If I Never Met You. You recommended these to me because you loved them whenever Mm -hmm. you read or listened to them. And this is a recommendation from my mom who loved these and kept telling me, I think you'd really like them. And then she was right. Spoiler. So when you recommended them to me, you were like, OK, these are romance, but they're really, really slow burn, mm-hmm. meaning not a lot of sex, not even very many allusions to sex. It's really more focused on the character development. And I was like, huh, I don't know about that. I tend to like my romance is very spicy. I'm not sure I'm in the mood. But I got the first one, If I Never Met You on audio. And I loved it so much. I gave it five (laughs) stars on Goodreads. And then I got the other one, Don't You Forget About Me, and listened to that one as well. So they're both what I would classify as romantic comedies. They are Mm -hmm. fun, but they both start with a breakup, which provides this really nice outlet for fictional rage (laughs) that I'm Mm -hmm. discovering that I really like in books. Both books sort of showcase the friend groups of the female main characters, which is really (laughs) lovely. And they end up happily ever after. So 10 of 10 would recommend, especially in audio, because these are set in the UK. And so the accents are amazing. And she has a new one out in May. So looking forward to reading that and hope it is just as enjoyable as these last two. Yes, I just went on the list for that one nice. What have you been reading, friend? I read Finley Donovan is Killing It by L. Cosimano. This is a mystery featuring Finley. She's a struggling writer, newly separated from her husband, has two young kids, and is broke. She goes to a meeting with her agent to discuss the book that she's working on, and someone overhears her and thinks that she's a hit woman and wants to hire her services. It's very (laughs) unbelievable and silly and out there, but it was a delightful escape. It was fun to see how it all came together because there's these mystery pieces. There's really fun relationships between the characters. There was some of that rage related to the separation from her husband Mm -hmm. and the way that he is interacting in the world and Mm -hmm. her interactions with him you definitely have to let go of reality and just be along for the ride but if you can do that it is so enjoyable there's a second book to the series coming out next year and i will be reading it (laughs) also recommend the audio it was great let's move on to our topic for today routines We've done a whole episode on this a couple of years ago. And if listeners remember, we aren't great at having routines. (laughs) But we thought we would revisit this topic, sharing our ideal routines for the morning, afternoon, and evening, and comparing them with the reality, and maybe see if there's something we can learn about how to bring those closer together. (laughs) Let's start by sharing our ideal morning routines. Ideally, I would sleep until. Sometime around 7 a.m. and wake up on my own with my children still sleeping. Mm -hmm. I would get to stay in bed for 10 or 15 minutes, look at my phone, talk to Andrew. The kids would get up peacefully and come downstairs on their own. Andrew would make breakfast while I, take a walk and then a shower while the children eat breakfast and play nicely together. Then I would get to do my morning skincare, toothbrushing, getting dressed by myself in peace. Then I would eat breakfast, maybe cereal, maybe leftovers. Then maybe I'd have a babysitter come over or drop off my children at school and childcare after lunches have been magically made by someone else. <laughs> I love your description. When I was doing the outline, I was doing it after you had already done it, and I was looking and I was like, "Oh, Abby and I are taking this in a different direction because I think <laughs> my ideal is perhaps more grounded in reality than yours is." of Here's my ideal of what could realistically happen where I feel like yours is fantasy in (laughs) the best kind of way. Yes. (laughs) So my ideal would be waking up around 6.45 or 7 with no children yet awake, drinking tea while catching up on blogs, the local paper, and a news compilation email. Right now I am really loving Crooked's What a Day newsletter. I have also read The Skim in the past. Then I would get myself ready and lunch is packed if it's my day to help with lunches. That's something that Neil and I each have different days during the week that we're in charge. Mm-hmm. So I'd have all of that done before the kids are up so I can be more relaxed during the rush of them getting ready and maybe it would feel less like a rush. Mm-hmm. Possibly some read aloud time in an ideal scenario because mm. that always puts us all in a good mood and we just really like reading together as a family. The kids would follow their lists of what they need to get done with minimal to no prodding. And we would all walk out the door to work or school on time, feeling relaxed and happy. That's the ideal. (laughs) I don't know what you mean about reality about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think every piece of that could be true at some point. It is just never all true. It's the combo that I was also pushing back against a little bit <laughs> Fair. It's the one thing after another. Absolutely. So let's share what our routines actually look like in the morning. I usually get woken up at some time before 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Either by plum thumping around in our room or Pepper yelling, Mom, Mom, Mom. This morning it was 6.30. Mm -hmm. Then I take a shower while both children are in and out of the bathroom and Pepper tries to get in the shower with me. Take big shower! Take big shower! (laughs) I hurriedly do morning skincare and get dressed, then make breakfast or supervise the children making their own breakfast. While also packing Plum's lunch and trying to brush her hair while she screams, never! (laughs) (laughs) Andrew does occasionally make lunch or breakfast, but somehow with the timing, it does not help. Mm -hmm. I quickly grab some type of food, and then we leave the house but forget several things. Masks, lunch, backpack, extra water bottle, and have to walk back up the stairs to the back door. Then... Pepper and I drop Plum off at school and I push Pepper in the stroller as I take my daily walk. All right. My reality is that I generally do wake up on my own without an alarm clock, which I enjoy, but that is around 7.15 or 7.30, which leaves little to no time to have that reading things on my phone, slowly Mm. waking up experience. Mm -hmm. And I usually still try and squeeze it in, which means we are then rushed because my kids need to be woken up. And I'm not waking them up. I'm in my bed reading my phone for 15 minutes. And so Mm -hmm. then everything is just pushed back. I try and wake up the kids around 730. E usually hops right out of bed, but HP definitely wants more time to lay in bed and needs to have a slow wake up experience. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he will come down and move his waking up experience to the living room where he likes to spend time looking out the window and thinking his thoughts. This is a point where I am trying to understand the reality and work with it Mm. because there definitely is enough time to get ready, but not when you count all of the waking up slowly time Mm. that Mm -hmm. is needed. And so I'm trying to keep that in mind that that really is necessary for a happy morning or else everyone feels rushed. I make them breakfast. Usually I take their breakfast order while I'm waking them up in their rooms and then get started on that and then help with the wake up process. It's usually bagels, sometimes other things around, but some kind of carb is the food of choice. Mm -hmm. We have been struggling to figure out how much of that prodding and reminding needs to happen in order for everyone to get Mm -hmm. out of the house. If there is a lot of prodding, makes me really grumpy and then that doesn't help anything that really slows down the process mm-hmm. <laughs> because everyone gets in a bad mood so we've been trying to figure out do i do the prodding do we have the natural consequences of being late it's not great what has been working is having a post-it note for each child with what they have to do in the morning in a checklist format hmm If they have chores that they need to do, for HP, that's the dishwasher. And for E, it's getting the clothes from the bedrooms and bringing them to the washing machine. She does that every morning, the dishwasher, just whenever it's done. But otherwise, the things on the list are get dressed, brush your teeth, eat breakfast, the normal things. But having them written out really does seem to help. So (laughs) I am going with that, taking the time to write them a note. And it has been going much smoother. Neil walks the kids in two days a week, and I walk them in the other three days. And then I'm off to work or back home. What about the afternoons? What is your ideal afternoon? My fantasy world, Mm -hmm. my children would help themselves to a filling delicious snack that I guess I made at some point or somebody made. (laughs) Then they would play together nicely upstairs or outside while I loosely supervise them and read my book or do my own chores or work. In mine, we walk home from school, the kids are happy with the snacks that are offered and prepared before their arrival, and then actually eat them at that point of arrival. I will get into how that is not what happens shortly. (laughs) Then they would play outside with friends or with each other until dinner and come in with no issues when it is time to eat together. What about the reality? In reality, my children whine about being hungry and reject my snack offers. Then they finally eat something against their will and (laughs) climb all over me while I try to read or fold laundry or work. Sometimes they watch vast quantities of TV while I hang out in my room and listen to audiobooks or work and then scream when I want to turn the TV off. Sometimes we do water play outside. Mm -hmm. Then they get hungry again when it's too close to dinner to give them a snack. Mm -hmm. For us, the walk home is pleasant. I really enjoy that time and that has been going well. HP in particular is really interested in playing with friends as soon as we get home. So having that 10-minute walk where we can touch base and connect and talk about our days feels really nice. Once we arrive home, HP is off and ready to seek out a playmate, often to the point where he does not want to stop and get a snack. Mm -hmm. If I do not have something already just ready to go, his desire to play is stronger than his hunger, which Mm -hmm. means that. We have the situation you described where it's close to dinner, but there are hangry children. E is more likely to hang out with me. Sometimes she'll play with friends or with HP, but often she'll want to read a book together where she reads a page, I read a page, bake something together. She'll do an art project while I'm doing things around the house. The days where I am present and available, this is great and really good time that we're spending together, but the days where I'm trying to get stuff done or distracted, it leaves us both not feeling great about how things went. Mm -hmm. As I said, snacks have been a big issue. Popcorn has been a hit lately, so I'm trying to capitalize on that. Often they don't know what they want. So if there isn't something ready, there's a long conversation Mm -hmm. about what snacks people want and how that's going to go. So that isn't working as well as one would hope. And the playing outside... Usually happens if neighbors are around or just the two of them will go in the backyard, and that's usually great. They're very good independent players and like being outside. But sometimes the playing is so much fun, it is very hard to come inside when it is time to come in, especially if we're having dinner at a different time than friends. Mm. It feels very hard to have to leave something fun to come sit down at the table. Definitely something we're working on. What about the evening routine? Ideal evening routine, dinner would be made for me or I would be very motivated to make it. Mm -hmm. I'm often just not motivated to start. Yes. And then with the hangry kids, it's not great. Andrew would come home early from work. Someone else would put my children to bed, my spouse, a grandparent, and I would get to listen to audiobooks or talk to my spouse until I went to bed around 930. I'd read and then turn off the light and sleep very well. (laughs) (laughs) I would cook dinner while listening to music or a podcast. Neil is done with work at this point. So either he and I chat if there are no parenting fires that need to be put out. If there are, then he spearheads that while I listen to something and make progress on dinner. We would eat together without having to tell people to wait until they're done chewing or remind people to stay seated in their chairs. After dinner, we would play a game together as a family or hang out outside together and generally connect. And or if everyone is happily playing, I would read on my own for a bit during this time. When it's time for bed, everyone would come in without issue, just ready to get ready and move on to the next part of the day. (laughs) We would read aloud for 45 minutes to an hour. Then E would go back and go to bed. HP would read on his own while I am also reading. And then when it's time for him to go to sleep, go back, go to bed. I would continue to read, not looking at my phone in the evening, and asleep by 930 as well. Let's talk about how our evenings are actually looking these days. The kids are very hungry and start screaming while I'm trying to be motivated to make dinner. They also say that I hate whatever I'm making, and they want macaroni or cheese fries. I get the dinner on the table, usually about 5.30 or 5.45, around the time that Andrew is also arriving home. We all eat. The children do eat what I made, usually, (laughs) which is good because we don't give them another option. Then Andrew cleans up the kitchen while I take the kids up for the bedtime routine, which is shower, brush teeth, read books. Andrew joins at some point. In there when he has wrapped things up downstairs. Sometimes we read books all together. Sometimes Andrew and I read to them separately. Mm-hmm. Then I nurse Pepper while Andrew cuddles with Plum and I sing a mutual goodnight song and shut their doors at the same time. Nice. Then I come downstairs and sometimes I'm productive with work, but often if I have work to do, I procrastinate for a few hours. And then have to start work much later, so I could be starting at 7.30 when we have done the kids' bedtime, but I wait until 9.30. Or if I don't have a deadline, then I often do revenge bedtime procrastination by watching TikToks until 11 and then go to bed. Yep. (laughs) In our house, there are many parts of the ideal that are in place, so that feels good. We do have dinner together every night, though manners are a continual work in progress. I will say one area that I'm proud of is our kids don't always want to eat what we have put forward. And I don't feel stressed about that. And that feels really good. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're always eating everything, but that isn't a power struggle that we have. And I think that does make the dinner time more pleasant. Definitely. The trickiest part for us has been when the kids go out to play after dinner mm. and coming back in and getting ready for bed is extremely unappealing and it always feels too short to them because the time is short from when dinner's mm-hmm. over to when we need to start the bedtime routine and it's light so late here, I mean mm. after 9 p.m. already in early May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there isn't that natural cue of it's time to come in. It feels like you're being taken away from something. Once kids come in, They get ready, picking out their clothes for the next day, getting into pajamas. Often I'm reading to them while they're doing that. And then we continue to read. Lately, I'd say it's been for about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. It depends on how quickly we were able to get moving inside and how that Mm. transition goes. At 8, Neil takes E to brush her teeth and lay down. I stay out with HP and move on to reading on my phone or reading a book. He will either read on his own, or if there's not something that he wants to be reading, he'll work on his own projects or chat with me. At 8.30, he's usually telling me he's tired, goes back to brush his teeth, and climbs up into bed. Some nights we don't hear from the kids at all at this point. Other nights, there are multiple times where we are reminding them that it is time to wind down, time to be quiet, and go to sleep. Lately, I have not been reading too much at night. When there are things that are frustrating in my life, I find it very hard to focus on reading a book. I don't find it escapist. I find that I want to angrily read things on the internet when I am in that mindset. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of that lately rather than reading books. I have also been watching a lot of city council meetings that go late into the night There is a zoning change happening that I have been following, and I find it very fascinating, but it is not good for my sleep and has been leading to this situation where I am going to bed much later than my ideal scenario. After this conversation, are there any specific things that stand out to you that you want to change to bring that ideal and reality closer together? All of this reflecting did make me feel like there are probably a lot of things that I can do to set my children better up for independence. Mm -hmm. So things like having many more choices for snacks that are filling, Mm -hmm. nutritious, that are available on their level. Yes. So that's something I think I could definitely work on. I would also love it if we picked out clothes the night before Mm -hmm. and maybe even brought them downstairs because there's sort of this like, I don't want to go upstairs by myself. I want to be down here with you. But then it's like, just please go put some shorts on for the love. Mm -hmm. I think maybe if we picked out post-shower. And honestly, Plum usually sleeps in the top that she wears the next day. Mm. So it's really just bottoms that are the issue. Yeah. Take a shower at night, put on fresh undies and your top that you will be wearing the next day. And so the only missing thing would be shorts. And those I could bring down the night before, like set them at her place at the table or something. Mm -hmm. Then it's not an issue for me to go up and get Pepper and change him out of the night diaper, and put him in clothes right away. I mean, that's mm-hmm. usually how it goes anyway. So I think I have some ideas that may help a little with tweaking the, the routines. Yeah. What about you? For the morning, I really want to commit to an earlier bedtime for myself so that I can wake up at 7 because then I can have that time to myself without pushing our entire routine. Mm-hmm. The days just go so much smoother when that happens. 7 feels like a very reasonable wake-up time. doesn't feel like a stretch. When I say things like 6.30, it's like, ooh, that's probably not going to really happen. <laughs> but 7, 7 is very doable. In the afternoon, I really want to have the snacks ready when the kids get home. I think that mm-hmm. I don't get frustrated then when we're having these long conversations about what people do and don't want and the work is already done. It just feels like we're just removing that from the equation and feels really good. And then in the evening, I would like to stop listening to council meetings until 11 p.m. and have the lights out by 9.30. (laughs) I also noticed as I was going through that those things all seem really accessible and doable, that they don't Mm -hmm. feel really out of reach, which is nice to feel after we went through this exercise. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of goals about I want to wake up earlier and journal or exercise. It's like Mm -hmm. I just want those transitions to be where we can be relaxed and it goes smoothly. And I think there are just some small tweaks. We've already done some, but I think there are just a few things that would make things go so much better and be much closer to that ideal that I have in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. I also noticed when reading yours and listening to you talk that a lot of your ideal has to do with having time to yourself and being Mm -hmm. alone and not parenting, which makes so much sense with having a two and a five-year-old because Mm -hmm. so much of what we're not talking about in those routines is parenting in your life right now, where so much of what we're talking about in the in-betweens for me is my kids at school, my kids playing with friends. These really are the connection moments that I have with my kids. These are the Mm -hmm. main time that I'm spending with them, where for you, it is not the main time you're spending with them. It's just a really often frustrating time when you're trying to have these transitions. Yeah, it's such a good point. And it's not something that I identified in that specific way, but you're totally right. And it's also tough because the times when I'm not with them, so really nap time and evening, those are the times when I could be making delicious muffins that they could grab Mm -hmm. for snack. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to make muffins. I just want to do my own stuff then because there is not that much time to do my own stuff. I think I've talked about in the past that I have like really liked baking with my kids. But even that is feeling like a lot with where they are in their development Mm -hmm. these days. So it's a season. It is. We'll record another routines episode in a year and it will feel totally different. (laughs) Hopefully by then we will have solved all of the problems. (laughs) Listeners, we would love to hear about your routines. If you have any tips or tricks that make things go smoothly at these different transition points in the day or things that you just really love to include in your mornings, afternoons, and evenings. Let's end by sharing what we've been eating lately. Speaking of muffins, I have a muffin recipe to share. E mm. and I have made this together a few different times. They are applesauce oat cherry muffins. They were very easy to make. They feel really hearty. And this is something when my kids were getting burnt out on eating bagels and that wasn't mm. feeling appealing to them that we made these muffins and then they were really wanting to eat them for breakfast and having them for lunch. Now they're over the muffins because we've made the recipe three times in recent weeks, but it's one mm-hmm. that in another month or so I'll pull back out and I know will be a hit. It just feels like a nice filling thing to have for the snacks, for the breakfast and to pack in lunches. So I've really enjoyed those. Yum. What have you been eating? I made a new meatball recipe. These are braised ginger meatballs that are served in coconut broth, and we serve Mm. them over basmati rice, too. My children and I love meatballs. Andrew is less of a fan, but even he liked these. These end up almost in kind of a curry-ish sauce because it's coconut cream or coconut milk and ginger, garlic, other strong flavors, but Mm -hmm. it was really yummy. Felt very hearty, but it was nice because it was a nice change from something that we'd had before. It looks really delicious. These are from Smitten Kitchen. And I will Mm -hmm. say that the pictures that are on her website, ours did not look that green. It looked much Mm. like Mm yellowish-orange-ish. I don't know if she cooked her spinach in there longer, but anyway, it was still good, even though it didn't look quite like that. Noted. It never does look quite like the food blogger pictures it's true that's all for this episode of friendlier it's been great talking with you sarah and with all of you listeners you can find out more about everything we talked about today including what we're reading and eating in the show notes on our website friendlierpodcast.com you can also leave us a comment there or on instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. This is a mystery featuring. This is a mystery featuring. I then usually take a shower while both children bop in. I don't know why. I don't know why I wrote it like that. This is going great. (laughs) (laughs) But also, isn't quite ready to, yeah, I don't know. I'm off on a really long sentence that I don't know where it started. (laughs) Yikes.